0: The left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest.
1: on the subway coming from Brooklyn by McWhitey-Whitey people dressed as Santa Claus. is It's, um, it's a, like uh, a drug-induced experience. Uh, I'm, I'm like, everywhere I look, it's white people drunk wearing Santa Claus hats. We've got to talk about that later on, Anthony Weiner.
2: you're saying that they're... People going out dressed in red hats for no good reason.
1: Uh, red hats. Huh. So you've spotted a few yourself. <laughs> you, I see your friends. I got. Spotted I a got few.
2: a text from my friend Kevin. Who ran into some of your uh, the the original red hat guys who who uh, who aren't around just for one day a year, getting run- drunk and making fools of themselves. They're out there helping out the
1: people of this city. Yeah, well, they're they're everywhere. The uh, Santicon people. We'll talk about it later. Two days of the year that people of color have a smile on their face because the people getting stopped in frisk are all white. <laughs> Saint Patrick's Day and Santa Con Day. But I returned from Brooklyn and I I have results of elections that continue to go on that wow. never end. Yeah. Never end. First let's look out to the Rockaways, a place you're very familiar with. You used to represent that area in Congress years ago. The Irish Riviera. The assemblymanic battle between Tom Sullivan of the Sullivan family that everybody knows out there, including Sid Rosenberg, uh, our colleague in the mornings. And uh, then uh, Pfeiffer Amato. Pfeffer, some, Pfeffer. 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 Pfeiffer. Pfeffer. A uh, family that you know well because uh, there's a tremendous um, history to that family and that seat. That Ar- assemblymanic Audrey seat. and Glenn Riddell, yes, they are fixtures out there. So... As you know, it was back and forth. Last when we spoke, uh, Tom Sullivan was ahead by three votes, three votes only after 32,000-plus ballots were cast. And then they had to do a recount because it was so close to the initial battle. Uh, so I'm going to give you the update. And Tom Sullivan has signed off on two of these, so he agrees with two of the findings. With Democrats and Republicans in the room from the Board of Election. All 32,000 ballots were recounted, hand-counted, and he is down by one vote after that. Wow. Some more ballots were included, some more were disqualified, but both sides signed off on that and said the process was conducted fairly uh, by partisan recount. Then there are four remaining affidavit votes that the judge presiding, Judge Ricci, must uh, be counted yet. They're not sure when. Uh, Tom Sullivan accepts the judge's decision on this, as does uh, the Assembly. So these
2: are affidavit ballots. These are ballots when people show up, and for whatever reason, their names were not on the rolls or that they had voted a different way in absentee. So these are like the final kind of dregs of the ballots. And what I don't understand is if they're going to be opened and counted... What's the delay? Why can't they just do? How, why does that take?
1: Okay. All right. So Natural, anyway. But both sides agree Got fair. It. Okay. Okay. The only contested matter is the matter of the, remember, the 94 absentee ballots that initially were disqualified by the Democrats and Republicans looking at them at the Board of Elections. But then Judge Reese said no. He wants to count and add all 94 depending on which way they go. Uh this is where Tom Sullivan and his attorneys have objected to that decision. They filed an appeal which will be heard Monday, this Monday December 12th in the Brooklyn Appellate Court. It's called uh, Amado versus Sullivan. So there's still uh, still a process. Here. By the way, and, and just a correction of what you
2: said last week: it is not the Queens County Organization judges looking at this. This has now been moved to Brooklyn. That's right. why it's a in Brooklyn the appellate, appellate division, right? Right now, there was also recently a a, a a judge in Brooklyn, is my understanding. So this thing, so they've done the the, the recount. So this ninety are going to decide the ninety plus the four are going to decide the race. Ninety plus
1: the four affidavit ballots. Correct, ninety four plus the four. But so
2: after all that, it's basically tied.
1: We're down to one. One. one, vote. Oh, one. That is amazing. So Sullivan agrees he is behind by one vote, uh, and uh, his opponent, the assemblywoman, agrees it's one vote. Imagine after thirty-two thousand ballots. And still, it's a process because you can appeal it right on up. Well, I
2: mean, but you're down now to 94 ballots that are in at issue. Yes. Um, look, it's a good reminder when they
1: say every vote counts. Every
2: vote does count, and like, and this, by the way, just to to put it in the context of the of the this process of going through the the, the system to try to find what the actual this goes on sometimes. Sometimes it happens. There is some there, there's one or two races in the country that are still actually going on. It is very different than just saying, oh, the whole race was, was a scam or the whole race was fixed. This is the way the process works, and both Su- Sullivan and Amato will will accept the outcome when it happens. And we're getting closer to having it. And what's going on in the assembly race in in, in Sunset Park?
1: Well, now, this is the big one because uh, as of election night, Lester Chang had persevered against a 36-year veteran, uh, about a junior who had uh, held that seat, It was uh, considered a major, major upset. Right. The uh, Democrats had thought this was a safe seat, slam dunk. Now, uh, a few, uh, about 10 days after the results came in, the Democrats said, now, wait a second. Uh, Lester Chang did not meet the residency requirements, which means that he must have been a resident of Brooklyn 12 months before November 8th, the date of the election. He voted in Manhattan 2021. I know he voted in Manhattan. He voted for me because that was the mayoral election. So now it's got to go to the Assemblymatic Judiciary Committee so that uh, will be on the 19th of this December at 930. uh, And uh, there will will have to be a determination made. Uh, Lester Chang will be there with his attorney. Uh, The Assembly will have their attorneys. They'll go over the arguments. They'll come to a decision and uh, a potential vote by the full chamber uh, when they are seated on January 1st. And an
2: important difference is that process that you described that Pfeffer and Sullivan are going through, The that is who, who got the votes. When you're going to do residency, when you're going to do qualifications for the ballot, that is usually done in the summer. It's usually done way before now. And so, I mean, I have to tell you, this does not, Look, this is not a good look for the assembly. Well, again,
1: uh, they did challenge. Uh, Democrats uh, challenged quite a few of the Republicans in what they thought were going to be close races, and there were right. a few of them.
2: Right. No, I mean, challenging residency is a common thing. My only point is I think you missed the boat in this race, that they, that now that the guys appeared on the ballot, right? theoretically voters had all the information that they could have gathered. This, I, I tell you another thing they could have done. A body could have sent out a whole bunch of mailers saying this guy doesn't live in the district. I mean, there's plenty of ways to have – now that the voters have cast their vote to say that we're going to now in the legislature, we're going to overturn it. The only time I've seen this happen, there were a couple of races like this that sometimes reach the House of Representatives where there's so many disagreements about what happened. Remember, there was one – that there was actual fraud in North Carolina primary a few years ago, and the House of Representatives said we're not going to seat this guy. In fact,
1: that had to do. I heard you speaking uh, in the um, the program in the middle. That was uh, ballot harvesting by a Republican, I right?
2: Think. But in an illegal, that was an, an entirely illegal way. He was yes. filling out the ballots. Everyone kind of agreed on it, and the the and it was after the election, and so the House of Representatives said we won't, we're not going to seat this guy. In this case. I, I think – now, I think a body has been around a long time. I assume he's a fairly popular member. It sounds to me that the Assembly is setting up to not, not seat Lester Cheney. Right. And,
1: um, and, and I, I don't think that's the right thing to do. The right thing to do is beat him in two years. And then uh, the governor would have to call a special election, depending on when she decided to do that, Hochul. And uh, special election, obviously, that's it. There's nobody else running at that point. It's just – Both of them and maybe others. And usually that takes place in February
2: when this type of thing happens. And you're right. It'll be one race. It'll have a turnout of a few hundred people. Um, The interesting thing will be whether Lester Chang has to run again. I I
1: think he would. And and I think uh, what happened on Thursday in city council was problematic for the Democrats, uh, even though it was unrelated to uh, any kind of vote counting. Uh, they were having a hearing on the um, the new law that 's being suggested that there be no criminal background checks uh, in order to rent uh, to a, a person you know whether it 's an apartment or anything of that nature and so they 're having a discussion it 's the open public forum and there 's a group vocal in New York City they were speaking one of their members who identified himself an African American older guy who lives in Rigo Park. Uh, started ranting like, hey, you know, I'm in Rigo Park here. The Chinese are the most racist. You know, they're from China. They're from Hong Kong. They need to go back. We're Americans. Nobody chastised them. The three guys who were sitting with them, <coughs> uh, none of the, uh, city council people who were in that committee. And then, and about two hours later when it sank in, then the tweets start flying. Everybody's, oh, this is an outrage. It's, you didn't say anything when well, the guy was he, sitting
2: right there. Okay. For what the guy said was wrong and outrageous and we can have a conversation about the the proposed law. I think there's I think there's a lot of good reasons not to ask at every turn someone who's paid their debt to society are you know, what's your criminal background, what's your criminal background. But putting that aside, I have a couple of questions. You know, one, usually when you have a city council hearing, you have the important people go in the first couple of panels, maybe the first panel, the commissioner some advocate for some big organization, maybe another member of the legislature will testify. And then when you, you would then open it up to the public and that can go hours and they come up three or four at a time, three or four at a time. Usually the rostrum where the council members are sitting is empty. It's usually one member, the chairman, maybe his staff, maybe one other person. So the first thing I'd be interested in is whether there's anyone there. But this is an important reminder that, that, that people need to understand. If you ever want to be in politics, you are judged in politics for not only what you say, but what you don't say when something outrageous is going on. And this is in that latter category. When someone says something, you it's not just enough to roll your eyes. You've got to remember you're being judged on whether you talk back to someone who says something outrageous. I think it's probably in the category of no one was really paying attention. I'd be curious whether if there was more than three members of the city council sitting there, but definitely one of them should have stood up and say hearings of the city council are not time to spew hate.
1: Right. Well, the fact that uh, there was a void there for about two hours and then the tweets were flying fast and furiously came like the day before this press conference today that I attended. Now, the other thing that people were buzzing about was Tish James, originally from Brooklyn. She ran as a working family party candidate. Alone. She was not a Democrat at the time, city council special election. In because In another
2: special election, that's right.
1: Right. Councilman Davis had been uh, assassinated in the well of the city council where you used to sit uh, by a constituent who was upset with him. He comes in, he shoots him. police officer up in the gallery was able to take him out. Uh, very chaotic scene. His brother tried to run for his seat as the Democratic candidate. But Tish James ran as working family well, party.
2: Actually, in the special election for the city council, there are no parties, mm. but she was being pushed by this by the like, this was where the working families got. I think their first. Yes. Their first scalp is when they, they with her. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, She was so elected she wins, with her support.
1: Uh, and then she begins her ascent. Uh, public advocate. She won. wins. She's there. Uh, then uh, then uh, I forget his name. The attorney general at the time, I always thought he was wearing mascara. Uh, Schneiderman Sh- Schneiderman gets into a major problem. Now, this guy was on his way uh, to being possibly a uh, U.S. attorney for the United States. Maybe the head of the uh, Well, the he Department was of certainly
2: Justice. governor when waiting.
1: Right. Certainly uh, not. But, I mean, he, he, everything was laid out for him. And then because of his own uh, particular propensities, he was out. She ascends, Cuomo designates her, that's my candidate in a crowded right. field. And, by the way, she was...
2: Throwing elbows to maybe run for mayor, so people were thrilled to have her out of New York City, going up to Albany. Corey Johnson at the time, a lot of people had uh, had reason to want to push her forward. So yes, she has had she has had an angel on her shoulder as, as she has risen to where she is now,
1: and her angel has been this guy Ibrahim Khan, who has been with her for about ten years, chief of staff both as public advocate, chief of staff uh, as attorney general, has campaigned for her. She's She's uh, been very dependent on his political counsel. And he's had a series of accusations that were made to him, one back when, he was, uh, when she was public advocate, and apparently two now. And she decided uh, to take the position that it was a private matter to be investigated privately and not publicly. And I'm, I'm a bit I, – I, I don't quite understand that. If you're involved in government, if you're being paid by the taxpayers – it should be public, not private.
2: I don't know the right answer to this. I mean, if she, it, you know, because once you start, I mean, if you do it publicly, would you announce my guy's under investigation, I mean, that's basically a career killer for someone. But she is vulnerable on this because of the holier-than-thou
1: attitude she took around Andrew I Cuomo. think the best thing would have been for her to say, hey, look, it's not just others. I have a problem in my own staff. We're dealing with it, but blah, blah. didn't necessarily have to give the particulars right away. And then if he had to go, he had to go. But, you know, it's do as I I say and as I do. But now it appears she didn't want any of this to get out before the election. Wouldn't even debate uh, Michael Henry. And her excuse was, well, he's a MAGA candidate and he said bad things about me. Oh, excuse me. Show me an election where your adversary hasn't said bad things about you. Yeah, I, I don't know if
2: those things are related. She should have debated, putting that aside. I don't think she handled this right, and I think she'd probably be the first to say this is a headache now, that she probably could have avoided with some more transparency.
1: Well, you're the Twitter guy up next. Uh, you got to get me up to speed here, because even though I have a Twitter account, I couldn't really care. I don't think it affects most people's lives. So, please, you got to connect all the dots for me and about, a lot of our you. listeners out there. Left versus right, Anthony Weiner, yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. And waiting in the bullpen, Rob Astorino, who will take you from four to five.
0: the left versus the right talk radio 77 wabc it's the left versus the right in the right corner it's heavyweight king curtis lewa in the left corner it's anthony Weiner. it's a 77 wabc debate heavyweight slugfest.
1: Diego, now that you've uh, picked this song, I'm so happy that Mexico lost in World Cup. And uh, Diego was actually seen taking a stiletto and stabbing his 72 inch big screen TV upon Mexico's exit out of World well, Cup.
2: Because he plays Jay J- Giles, I don't understand what. Yeah, yeah, what's yeah I connection? hate the
1: Jay Giles man. I really do. I hate a lot of like Peter Wolf. These guys. I mean, I really do.
2: By the way, Harry Kane just scored for England, one-one. I've got, I have a lot of followers, a lot of listeners in, in Great Britain ever since I did an edition of, of The Middle about how great their political system is and how much I liked it. But I don't think we should hold Diego responsible for any of this. you got to hold Elon Musk responsible.
1: Yeah. In mean, the meantime, you like the British system. You like AOC, right? You like uh, the House of Lords? I huh? uh, No, I don't like the House of Lords. Oh. I oh. like
2: Prime Minister Question Time. Imagine oh, yes, Joe Biden. of course. Absolutely. Imagine Joe Biden standing for Prime oh, Minister God. Question Time. be great. Donald Trump standing for prime <laughs> Ronald in. Reagan. I mean, wouldn't that be amazing? And by the way, I also like, and I don't want to re- relitigate the whole thing, I also like that the parties, if they don't like what their leader's doing, He's out.
1: That's right. We they don't care him. when
2: it is in the calendar. He's out.
1: They sack him. The
2: Liz trust lasts 61 days, whatever right. it is.
1: A no vote of confidence. Boom, you're done. Ministers, man. turn in your portfolio.
2: Yeah, we would have done that. We would. You don't think back in February when we started our show, you don't think that they would have done that with, uh, with Joe Biden if they could? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the British system. I love the British system.
1: Absolutely. All right, yeah. but forget the House of Lords, that uh, elite body there. Nobody actually really knows who the hell those Commons. people are. Commons. Uh, they, okay, all right, all right. But... Now, let's just talk about Twitter here because he giveth and he taketh away. The owner and operator of Twitter, how he's going to eventually stay afloat fiscally is beyond anything that anybody can understand because Twitter just doesn't make money. But it's his money. He's invested into it. And uh, this has to be reminiscent, I think, for you because you were supporting Hillary at the time, 2016, of uh, every day waiting for a drop of the files. From uh, Julius Assange, right? Every day, remember?
2: Well, you're bringing up a very sore subject. At the time, and I don't think I've ever said this before, at the time I was in rehab. Oh, you were? I was in rehab, no access to a phone. Oh. No access. I was out there communing with the horses and, and meeting with, with group therapy and hugging people and crying and, and drying out. And I only found out something was up. When a photographer from the New York Post shows up with one of those really long lenses, because you had like there were fences and everything else, and a helicopter was overhead, and apparently the Post and the Daily Mail found out where I was in rehab, and I'm like, "Huh? I'm why
1: do they?" Was that the picture of you on the horse? Exactly. Yeah, I remember that. You
2: remember? And I don't know what the heck was going on. I was a busted up, broken dude at the time, and they called me in, and they started. They thought that I had leaked somehow where I was staying. And then within five hours or six hours, it became clear what had happened. My laptop, the Julian Assange, whatever it was, that whole period. I knew nothing until it was done. I was like completely oblivious to it. So I was not waiting on pins and needles. I was on the back of a horse named Rusty or something like that. <laughs> but, but it was, um, but the, the, the similarity is that what we now know is that a bunch of bureaucrats at, Twitter, at a private business, were on the fly making decisions about who's going to be publicized, what's not, the post is going to get turned off, but this one is going to be allowed on. Some of the documents that were released this week kind of showed not that there was a big conspiracy. Miranda Vine put it best when saying there's no smoking gun that there was a big conspiracy, but that this is a private company trying to figure out a way not to piss off advertisers, trying to figure out a way not to piss off Democrats or Republicans, and it was just completely chaotic. You know, sometimes we think these big companies – they're run by really smart people? No, they're just human beings trying to figure out how to get things done. But um, now now Musk has been releasing some of this information. It doesn't seem like it's all that dramatic. As a matter of fact, most of our listeners are probably bored to tears by it.
1: But it is very much like what Julian Assange did, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So now uh, if you look at the scorecard, because Musk is keeping a scorecard, he says, "No, the FBI—they <laughs> they were good guys and gals. They—they they were doing what they had to do. They didn't go over the top." But Twitter definitely was giving uh, preferential treatment to the Democrats. He seems hell bent on determining this. He's got more files to drop. He's no doubt is going to make an appearance on the Hill. You know, obviously the Republicans. Well, he will has love said
2: it. he has said vote for like he's a partisan. Now. Yes. Now yeah, Now i saying he's he's a, so this. Which is totally fine. I mean, they're partisans in charge of companies all the time. Rupert Murdoch in, in front of Fox in the Post is a partisan. You know, the thing is, though, is this who, I mean, at a certain point, if there was a real smoking gun, you're right. It did seem like one of the things they released is said that there was a list of Democrats and Republicans who had contacted them about content, things they wanted to have changed. Yes, And there were more Democrats than Republicans. Yeah. True. But... The real takeaway from this is, if you are one of the powerful in this country, if you are in a seat of power, you have back doors to these companies. You can call up the CEO of a company, Mister. Mrs. Crapalucci, or some schlub, you know, uh, driving a bread truck. Can't call up Facebook. Nobody and try, answers you know. the phone. Exactly. Nobody. Um, and and that that we learned, and maybe that's not such a surprise that that people that people some people have more influence than others.
1: Well, it's very much reminiscent to me if I had to look at Elon Musk and say. Who does he remind me of as a figure in history? He reminds me of Howard Hughes in so many ways. Now, Howard Hughes didn't have a social media company because they didn't exist at that time. Uh, He didn't uh, own a newspaper like uh, the Hearst family did. But he had movie studios. He had influence. He was dealing with government all the time. Elon Musk has gotten a lot of government contracts. Remember the Buffalo Billion? Remember when he was supposed to deliver... Uh the um um uh what do you call those? Um the satellite this this
2: the satellite wi fi thing that the, was, no, oh, it
1: satellite wi fi but also it was the uh, um the uh uh, energy developers yeah you know the uh um, the solar panels the solar whatnot. panels yeah. right whenever delivered uh, he ended up uh, with a whole lot of money he's gotten a lot of money well, for the electric cars also SpaceX right is basically gotten a third
2: of NASA's contracts right. now uh is going to SpaceX
1: so he very much reminds me of Howard Hughes also the number of ladies who have been... Uh, he was like with every conceivable lady that ever existed of prominence and then he became a um a person that you couldn't have access to, Howard Hughes. Remember, he bought the hotel in Las Vegas. He became a hermit. He became a recluse. Uh, I'm predicting that this is the route that Elon Musk is going to go. He's very open. He's very gregarious now, you know. He's like a lens slice. It's not a time you can't pick up the paper or any copy and not read about what Elon Musk thinks. And I think he's loving every second of it. He better because it costs him $44 billion. You know, he, I think,
2: I think there's something, obviously this is, I mean, but here's, here's the difference. Like wealthy people sometimes do media as a vanity thing, but the, the difference here is he's tearing the thing down. If advertisers want no part of it, he's letting all these hate mongers back on the platform. He's using it as uh, uh, i mean, he's not investing in it quite the opposite. He's like the people that do content moderation to make sure there's not a lot of hate speech. All those people have been laid off. He fired the assistant counsel who was a former FBI or a former Democratic something because he was looking at documents before they were being released. My view of Elon Musk is that there are a lot of rich guys who are really good at things. But they are not good at everything. And that just because this guy is a billionaire doesn't necessarily mean that he's good at this business. And this is a hard business being a social media guy. I don't think he's going to disappear anytime soon. But I want to tell you, it's he's taking a bath on this. As a businessman, this is looking like a terrible investment that he made. But let's
1: uh, let's just take him for his word. He believes in free speech. And that the answer to hate speech is more free speech, which is what I believe. No, you don't. I, I, I don't believe in censoring speech. I you don't really believe, don't. You
2: don't believe in 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 hate speech. If you had a private company, it's your company, and 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 on 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 slewa.com someone was coming on
1: and saying anti-Semitic well, things, saying say racist it, things, you saying say, anti you but say, let it's, I mean, you say just, it's a private company, but then again, they can't be sued. What do you mean they can't? Of course they can be sued. No. Well,
2: okay, they, can't, can't, be, be oh, they can't be sued for the content, but you're also trying to sell advertising, and you're also uh, expressing what you believe. On Sliwa.com, if someone came on and posted anti-Asian comments,
1: hate right, speech, but you, take, would, you would take them off. Take away the protection that they have from lawsuits. There was supposed question. to be a community bulletin board. They operate differently than newspapers or other formal media.
2: .com, anti-Asian speech, you would wipe it off in a minute. Understood.
1: But yeah, he's saying what... we are a community bulletin board. We promote free speech, whether it's hate speech, whether it's normal speech, whatever the speech. Right. If you're going to do it, then do it. But don't all of a sudden decide this is hate speech, this has got to go, and this is okay. I mean, that's the whole purpose of having social networking and companies that can't be sued. I mean, they have a leg up, and they don't pay, they don't buy any of their content. They get all this content for free. It's unfair. Okay. Unfair. Anyway, up next, we must discuss Eric Adams on twofolds: Uh Reparations, which caused uh, Sid Rosenberg all kinds of grief. Maybe you can explain that, because there may be a, a breaking of their relationship. And his problem with rats, his rat mitigation problem, and his search for rats are, Right here on Left versus Right, Curtis and Anthony Weiner with uh, Rob Astorino warming up in the bullpen right here at WABC.
0: It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 WABC Debate Heavyweight Slugfest.
2: He's your numero uno. Talk Radio
0: 77 WABC. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. (coughs) (coughs)
2: What the heck?
1: So depressing. you have it? So depressing. I mean, please, this is like music. You know, you get into an elevator, you hear this kind of music here. So, like, I call it, um, uh, man, what do we call it? You know, it, S- it, music. it
2: could be Diego knows our audience so well. Like, that knows that this 1987... Love isn't always. Oh, it's earlier than this. Is this? It's like seventy-six. Kansas, Boston, e. uh, Toto, Toto, Toto. It's
1: it's music, man. What did they won one one uh, award? Toto, they won one award. It is one. true, though. Love isn't always on time. They're right about that. They are Toto. right about that. God, Toto, my God. Anyway, let's get on track here because Rudy was pacing in the hallways before his show on Friday. John three to four. And he said to me, he goes, you know, what happened to this sit-down I'm supposed to have with Mayor Eric Adams? Oh, it, so he's he's invested now. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh The date, December 14th. He, Rudy, Rudy
2: cares about his city. He, he just wants to be of service to his city.
1: But he said, Sid's avoiding me. Because normally uh Rudy is on with Sid once a week, just to give him an update on all the things that Rudy's involved with. Right. And he said, Chris, I don't understand. This week uh, Sid didn't have me on at all. I called in, I figured, hey, maybe I missed something, I never got a return call. And now, remember, the sit-down was supposed to take place this coming Wednesday, December 14th, and there's been a monkey wrench thrown in that I don't think um, Sid was expecting. It was the fact that Eric Adams, the mayor, had decided that he would support the um, recommendation for reparations for African-Americans, uh, in the New York State, similar to what's happening in California and in Providence, Rhode Island. And, uh, Sid lost it. He really lost it on the air. He wanted to confront the mayor. You know, they have a texting relationship, and apparently right. the mayor did not re- respond to any texts. So I didn't know what to tell Rudy. Other than, uh, it looks like reparations, 40 acres and a mule, have destroyed your opportunity to sit down with the present mayor and have. A meal and was, was it
2: Sid's belief that the mayor was going to stop having taking positions on subjects until the the meal happened, or that the mayor was going to be a different person because he's sitting down with Rudy? The idea is just in the the break bread to get to know each other and to share ideas, one former mayor to a present mayor. That was what I do think. By the way, apropos of of Rudy not being on, you know, now that it's Sid and friends, and there are so many friends of Sid, FOSs as we call them. That it's just, I mean, there's just many more people now that have to be involved in the morning show. I know you're a regular and do a a great appearance every week. Um,
1: Well, in fact, I've suggested it be renamed Sid Rosenberg, Friends, Fiends, and Foes.
2: I can myself a foe.
1: Sid Rosenberg and the three F's, is that the idea? Yeah, so what I'm going to do is take what we're talking about now. He has me scheduled for 7.05 on Monday. And I'm going to put it to him, man, you're running out the clock. It's only going to be like two days left. What happened? You you were the kingmaker. You were going to put these two guys together in a room. Everything was moving in that direction, no matter how many times I tried to interfere, uh, interrupt. It was moving. And the reparations thing really just, like, stopped the process.
2: Well, let me just introduce the listeners to something that they all probably know, that you still have Adams derangement syndrome. And the idea that this relationship with with our biggest star at the station, Sid, has now become he's not pro Adams, but he definitely is willing to give Adams the benefit of that kind of my same posture. I think so I don't think you are an honest broker in all of this. I think that you are trying to sabotage Oh no doubt. I think you're trying to sabotage this. And and, and so I don't think it's about reparations. It's probably just that, you know, Sid's had a lot on his plate. I assume it's still going to happen. And I think that Sid is going to be Solomon here. He is going to make this, this, this baby. He's going to split this baby. He's going to get some of what, what Rudy Giuliani can offer to Eric Adams. He's going to have Eric Adams maybe soften his tone on, you know, calling, uh, Rudy a racist or whatever he's done in the past. It's going to happen. I, I would caution Sid if he's listening to this program. Don't, don't let my friend Curtis jam
1: this situation up. Well, I, I had nothing to do with it. He called Mayor Eric Adams crazy three times on the airwaves Friday morning. Well, that's his favorite adjective but for yes. for being in favor of reparations. Now, what? Just an explanation to our, our many listeners. We've heard the story that California is going to issue reparations uh, upwards of two hundred and twenty three thousand dollars. That is not correct per person. That is not correct. They're not
2: going to start writing checks. That this is a process that began. You know, it began with something that that Adams responded to, the idea of studying the idea of reparations, and generally speaking, if people had been harmed, we all believe in the idea of doing what we can to make them whole. The only question is how does that work? Does it work in the form of of giving them advantages in terms of admissions to school or giving them advantages in terms of getting the permit for a local weed shop Or is it writing a check of some sort? No one knows for sure what reparations look like. We don't have it. But the general notion, just like the Germans started out not knowing how to make reparations to the Jews, they came up with a process, they came up with a a commission, they came up with a formula. It's to say the idea that you generally believe in the idea that people should be made whole for harm done to them is not revolutionary. To then jump ahead and say we're all going to write a $2,000 check to our nearest neighbor who's African-American, that's not what anyone's talking about yet.
1: But it will come down to that. I doubt it it ha- always comes I, down to that. I doubt money.
2: it happens. But the conversation is well worth having. But
1: I doubt it happens. And where, where the hell are you going to get this money
2: from? Well, let's, that's jumping way ahead to it actually happening. But you believe in the idea of making amends to people that were harmed years ago. You make you I mean, people have lost their land, they lost their freedoms.
1: They they were enslaved. And the Irish yeah, of is the Irish is still waiting for the the Queen when she was alive They're, for reparations from the potato famine. It is
2: not uncommon, even in, in the headlines of the newspapers, the last couple of weeks, a museum finds out that something was was plundered in wartime. They take the thing off so the wall and return it to the person. We can you it.
1: in favor of reparations. Right.
2: I am in favor of the idea of making amends. And that sometimes takes a long time, it's sometimes through generations, it's sometimes direct, what affirmative action, what is that? Affirmative action is effect, uh, uh, effectively a form of reparations, of saying we can't say, all right, everyone, ha- everyone has the same advantages when someone had three generations removed from having their land taken and being enslaved. They don't have the same advantages that you and I have. So, I do believe in the idea of making amends. It's a very important part of my life, and I think it's an important part of the American ideal that if you find out that someone has been harmed, you do everything in your so to let me make ask it up you today.
1: question. If you happen to come from the West Indies, uh, the Caribbean, and uh, your lineage was enslaved there, but not here, by the time you got here, you won't, there was no slavery involved at all. Do you get reparations? Wait a minute. You, you, I was enslaved in Jamaica. I was enslaved in Haiti. I was enslaved in the Dominican Republic. Well, I, I, I...
2: Look, I, I assume that the element, one of the things this commission should do. And by the way, every year that gets introduced in Congress, John Conyers, who passed away recently, used to do it. I know. I think the sp- I know the sponsor is now. Says just let's have a commission. Let's just study it. What's the harm? In-? And even in a Democratic Congress, that doesn't get passed. Because people think this is such a toxic issue. Because everyone says, oh, you're going to take money from me and give it to my my black neighbor? That's not fair. No, the, the question is to take a look at these tough questions. What does well, it mean? Well, you, how much? By the way, aren't you curious to have a whole bunch of people, academics, sit in a room and try to figure out? No.
1: No academics in the room. Why? Hell no. Whenever academics get together in the room, we the taxpayers get screwed. No, no, no. It's, There's it's just, no, no doubt about it. No, to
2: answer it. some of the big questions like you're asking, it was like, how much... Has it meant in economic activity? What is the... what well, is? Listen, we built this this country in large measure on slave labor. I just
1: heard John Kerry determine that we have to pay reparations to the rest of the world for our use of resources that may have come from other parts of the world. He wants us to pay reparations to the rest of the world. Well... Okay, you're, I mean, you're, it's like my you're, God. You're what, using the word with uh, 32 trillion no, no. dollars you're, in debt.
2: You're using the word as a cudgel because it's a word that gets people all worked up. But generally speaking, I think what John Kerry was saying was that we, the rich developed nations, pillage the poor nations for their resources. True or false? Of course, true. Okay, and that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing to tell our kids that we did and we have done nothing about it. And one of the things that we, so we owe an amends to those people. What form does that take? And now to make it worse, because of global climate change, you literally have things like the Mariana Islands that are going underwater. You have people having many more experiences with, with, with tidal waves. You have many more people experiencing with hurricanes. And that's to some degree part and parcel of the same thing. There is nothing, there is no harm in saying, These are the things that we did that we have a responsibility for as a beginning of a conversation. And I think most people, especially people who believe who are religious people, that's a fundamental element of all the major religions. It's taking accountability for the harms you've done and making amends wherever possible. Oh my God.
1: You believe in that. Man, you must have a printing press. You must want to be Santa Claus to the world. No, it's not, a, it's not oh, a, it, a funk. By the way, you know who you make amends for? Yourself. You know, you don't have to convince me. You have to convince your lawnsman, Sid Rosenberg, who has now gone on record as calling Eric Adams crazy three times because he has signaled he's for reparations. But let's flip the script on that. Uh, Eric Adams doesn't like to pay fines. Eric Adams, as a homeowner, was fined for not having rat mitigation when a health inspector came onto his property of the building he owns on Lafayette Avenue in Bed-Stuy and determined that rats frequented the property and nothing was done. Uh, These are
2: the actual four-legged
1: rat. Yeah, right? four-legged we're, rat. Not, we're not talking, that's not a metaphor for right. his administration anyway. Right. Okay, great. Uh, so $600 fine. Most times people would say, just pay the fine, be done with it. No. Nope. Eric Adams, who says, I hate rats. When I see rats, I'm afraid of them. I can't even I can't even focus all day long because I just hate them, I loathe them, I despise them. Okay. He then uses an attorney from the corporation council in the city of New York to argue the case. Mm. He to appear be in front of this board
2: oath, whatever that stands for. To say that he couldn't make it, could he come back another time? He made an appearance. He didn't argue the case. He made the appearance. It's still bad, but he continue. he, he it's still. He got some corporation counsel, which is the law firm that represents the city. It's a city agency to represent him himself. in this private thing. That was a mistake. He knows many attorneys. That was a mistake. Right. It was a mistake. But now uh, all uh, he only came out to say the mayor can't make it for I the hearing. That? Can you reschedule? But you're right. Even having that was a mistake. And it makes you wonder what chief of staff was around, Frank Cron, whoever it is that said that was a good idea. That was not a good all idea. Right. So that happens, and
1: then all of a sudden, the fine is gone, disappeared. 600. Oh, I didn't hear this part. Gone. Wait a minute. Wait. The the, the fine. The, he beat the case. I, I didn't gone. hear this chapter. Fine. Torn up. No, no more No, no, fine. No, 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 no. I don't,
2: no, no, no. Come on, come on, come on.
1: Anthony, do your homework. I, I, I
2: will. And you're always more prepared on these issues than I am. But you're telling me that nowhere in the system anymore the fine,
1: or did he beat it. He beat it. Okay, that's a different
2: kind okay, so well, well, What do you Okay, so the
1: mean It's got it fixed. He, he's the mayor. He, he
2: argued He's his appointment. He's still a citizen. He argued that he, he argued the case. Now, by the way, the the count I read that he gave, that his press secretary gave about what happened is he did do everything he could and there were still rats. And and any anyone and anyone who's dealt with city hall bureaucracies, they write tickets first and then you got to go and argue to, to to get out of them. It, it doesn't matter. So if he beat the case, that's one thing. But the only yeah. vice here I don't mind him. He's a private citizen yeah,
1: yeah. dealing with this thing, yeah, not just the mayor. He's never there. How the hell is he dealing with the rat issue? I don't know. People uh, never see him at this house. He's got great Mansion now. Doesn't he doesn't, live, doesn't need he, to be at the
2: house. He doesn't live there now. Okay. You're trying to make you're trying to make a mountain yeah, out of a mountain. For one thing, if the city really wanted these tickets to be paid, you can't issue the tickets to the rats. The rats don't pay them. I don't even think they read. Yeah. Okay, you've got to give them to the owners of these properties. Issuing them to the rats makes no sense. Do as no I sense.
1: say, not as I do. He's going to declare war on the rats, and he can't even manage the rats on his own property. But we will have reparations. Yes, reparations. That's right. And you're going to have to sp- speak to Sid Rosenberg, who may have destroyed his relationship with his very dear friend Eric Adams. And remember, Rudy... Wants to know is the dinner on for Wednesday night, December we fourth. We all want
2: to know. Eric have uh, you already
1: have you already taped the, the revolver to the back of the toilet as you were instructed? They won't let me know <laughs> where this place is. But I have a feeling that Sid has sabotaged himself on this. Totally sabotaged oh, no, Sid, himself. Sid, Sid's playing the long game. He's got a plan. Yeah, I'll bet. Sure. He's got a plan, all right. Anyway, up next. You've got to explain to me the craziness of what I just went through earlier today, and I've gone through in past years, sometimes in the company of my sons, and I found it almost impossible to explain why Santa Claus is um, urinating, defecating in the street, projectile vomiting, passed out in traffic, fighting other Santa Clauses. I'll never forget, I've had to have this conversation with my oldest son, Anthony, Carter, my middle son, and my younger son, Hunter. And I know what the hell to tell them. Because they send me, Daddy, you going to do anything? Look, look, Sandy Claus, he's passed out in the street. <laughs> What the hell? SantaCon.
2: Yeah, we might have to get Kevin to to tell us what that's about, because I have no idea.
1: Two days of the year, the people of color applaud, because it's the only two days that white people are being stopped and fresh. St. Patrick's Day and SantaCon today. Exclusively here, left versus right, Curtis and Anthony. If you missed any of Anthony's In The Middle, just go to wabcradio.com for all your podcast names. And remember, Rob Asherina warming up in the bullpen, he'll be on from four to five.
0: Rudy Giuliani. Certainly among the modern devils, evil dictators and murderers, Stalin, Hitler, Castro, oh, you name them, the Chinese communists are the professionals. He's tested. He's ready. He's New York proud. America's mayor. The
1: mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani.
0: Weekday afternoons at 3 after Greg Kelly. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCradio.com. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the policies or positions of WABC Radio, its management, or its sponsors.
2: We tried Dynovite Nutritional Supplement, and after a couple of weeks, we noticed a big difference. Our little gizmo's coat was shinier, and there was a lot less scratching and shedding.
0: My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynovite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Happier, healthier with every bite, over a million pets helped with dynovites.
2: We tried Dynovite Nutritional Supplement, and after a couple of weeks we noticed a big difference. Our little Gizmo's coat was shinier, and there was a lot less scratching and shedding.
0: My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynabite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with DinoBite. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Brian Kilmey, entertaining and informative. China, there was a fire in the 15th floor of an apartment building, and these people burned alive because of the fenced-in mechanisms they use on the COVID policy. That's what people are missing. The American way is empowering people, and what China is, you're born to lose your dreams and donate it to the country. Brian Kilmey, weekdays 10 to noon, after Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 W.A.B.C. It's the left versus the right in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's Anthony Weiner. It's a 77 W.A.B.C. debate. Heavyweight Slugfest. On New York's news and talk station. 77 W.A.B.C.
1: Uh, I'm just not in the mood to uh, promote this uh, very good program we have yearly here at WABC, but I must plunge on... Oh, God, Michael Jackson. The holidays are here, and it's time to help to make a difference. Join us here at 77 WABC on Thursday, December 15th, from 6 in the morning until noon as we team up with Tunnel to Towers Foundation for our annual holiday radiothon. Listen and help raise money for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Season of Hope with host Sid Rosenberg. Boy, that's uh, December 15th. He'll be able to tell us as to whether the dinner took place with uh, Rudy and Eric Adams. He'll either have good news or what I'm hoping bad news. Anyway, all the money raised will bring hope to America's military and first responder heroes and their families this holiday season. Don't wait to donate. Go to wabcradio.com slash donate. Spread the holiday with 77 WABC and the Tunnel the Towers Foundation Thursday, December 15th, starting at 6 a.m. This is like war and peace. You know, you think they would get the promos down to like a thumbnail sketch. But anyway... Anthony, let's deal with what I had to deal with earlier today. Trying to get here from Brooklyn, Sunset Park. It didn't matter what train I jumped onto. The N train, the R train, the E train. And there were all these, uh, almost all white people. Yeah. Dressed as Santa Claus. Some of them already imbibing drinking. Uh, Noticeable, uh, sizable amounts of alcohol. Uh, We were told that the authorities were going to crack down on them. Both at Grand Central Penn Station, if they came in on Long Island Railroad, Long Metro Island Railroad, Run.
2: this Long Island Railroad says you can't drink on the train. Uh, New the Jersey train.
1: Yeah. Transit, the uh, city police, uh, and the tra- oh, we're going to crack down. And here it is. It was like uh, what, one o'clock, one thirty in the afternoon. They already drunk as skunks. What is the purpose of this? I got to believe if this ever came about when Rudy Giuliani was mayor, who wouldn't allow you to dance in a bar or a cabaret? And wouldn't allow you to fire off a firecracker. Or
2: have a ferret. You right. You said you couldn't have ferrets. That's,
1: uh, but if you couldn't even blast off a firecracker for Lunar New Year. The Chinese couldn't even do that. The SantaCon would never have existed. What the hell is this? I, I still Look, can't I, fathom it. I don't want to be
2: an old guy shouting at clouds. I don't understand. You know, unlike, unlike Halloween where you're showing a little creativity or dressed as different things. I kind of get it. Going out dressed to Santa Claus and going from bar to bar and getting blottoed, to me, I don't see the appeal. I, I think – I don't think they're actual New Yorkers. How about that for a theory? That the reason that they, they're, you're seeing them on the trains and you're seeing them on the Long Island Railroad is they must come from some other place. It doesn't seem – it seems like no real New Yorker I know thinks this is a fun thing to be doing.
1: No, no, the New Yorkers go next Saturday to Hoboken, one square mile there, where they do exactly the same <laughs> they thing. They
2: do that again, yeah. You're, you're asking the wrong guy. I don't drink. I don't believe in Santa Claus. I don't have any red clothing. I don't generally fall down drunk on the street. So I am none of the demographic crosstabs for this holiday. Um and, But, it look, if it helps the local bars and pubs and whatever – I guess there's some. I mean, what would you
1: do? You're walking in the street. They're going up and down your neighborhood because uh, there are so many pubs and, and saloons there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, two of the guys get into a, a rock'em sock'em uh, battle. It's like uh, rock'em sock'em robots. What do you tell your son?
2: Santa v. Santa violence is a problem this time of year. Yeah. By the way, I I did point this out. They were walking by our apartment, and I said, "Yeah, it's Santacon," and he he did say, "What's that?" And I basically took a pass. I said, "I can't help you, buddy." I, it's just there are people dressed nobody up to get drunk. Yeah, nobody knows where
1: this came from. They claim that it raises money for charities. Maquanamai, what charities? Yeah, that's not happening.
2: I mean, it's people get looking for an excuse to get to get drunk. I guess, I guess. Now let me and ask then, you. And then there's the other thing. Okay, these are young people. They're in their mating age. They're whatever it is. The, everyone looks ridiculous. It's not like people are dressing up, not like, like you, there's a good way to be, to look like Santa Claus or look like an elf or look like a reindeer. So everyone looks sort of ridiculous in their own way. So it's certainly not a way to uh, encourage the opposite sex to be attracted to you in any way. Well, so. let
1: me ask you a question because uh, Christmas came early. For your Sandy Koufax in our lifetime, the New York Mets, I've never seen a picture as good as Koufax other than Jacob deGrom. Five years, $185 million Guaranteed, that means if he slipped and fell in his bathtub and could never even pick up a baseball, never mind throw it, he gets the money guaranteed Uh, and he leaves.
2: All right, let me just say this. Uh, First of all, I have zero concern about how much money these guys make. It's not my money. I don't care. I don't care how much money they're making. I do think, though... That you would have had to grom on. I mean, I I am fine with Verlander. It said Verlander's no young guy either. By the way, do you see that? Do you hear that statistic I read on the middle this week? Next year, the Mets will have the first team in history to have three pitchers who all started the first game in the playoffs for their their for their teams in the previous season. Meaning, we basically have three aces now in Verlander, Scherzer, and Jose Quintana. But I am let be like let judge Judge is going to be what. 62 by the time we done Let me we're done mention
1: it. a name that's a sore point for New York Mets fans. He used to throw so hard in the Met lineup. There was uh, Seaver, there was Koosman, and there was Nolan Ryan. That After games, he would have to take his fingers and put it into pickle brine. And then when that wasn't working so much, uh, he had to use his own urine. And people said, that's crazy. Get him out of here. This guy's a nut. And you traded him to the California worst, Angels, right? Worst, worst deal, worst deal. Well, I don't know. Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid 1.1 million. Yeah, but then remember yeah. he said, "Look, I take two Advil and I can pitch another nine innings." And then he went to the uh, yeah onto the Houston Astros and then the Texas Rangers. Why did you give up on the? Uh, yeah, but look, uh, oh, oh, well, that's an easier question. He, this guy, he. 101
2: wins last year. He was responsible for five of them. He's not. He won your only playoff game. I, I get it, and he's amazing, and you and I are going to be able to tell our great-grandkids that we saw maybe the best pitcher in history pitch. The guy was amazing. He is, and you got to be an idiot of him five years. The guy pitched 28 games in the last three seasons. He's not going to be worth it. I'm fine with Verlander.
1: All you would have had to say to the Grammys, take two Advil. Before each game, and you'll throw an extra nine innings. Well,
2: you in. can't do it. He That's did.
1: That's what Nolan Ryan did.
2: Yeah. Listen, when I was inaugurated into the Hall of Fame after my twenty-five and four season in nineteen eighty-one, look, I didn't feel so great. I I had to recover for a while. Let's go, Mets. Yeah. By the way,
1: yeah, the real problem is Cone's running out of money. Yeah, well, he belongs in jail for insider trading information. But on that note, Rob Astorino up next from four to 5. <laughs>
0: Talk Radio 77,
1: WABC. It's the left versus the right.